Hi, I'm Bridget. And I'm Monica. Welcome back to Mode Push, the F1 podcast. This is a quick pod check-in after preseason testing in Bahrain this past weekend because we are only days out. Oh my God, it's race week. We made it, Monica. I can't believe we survive. I don't know. I mean, Instagram kind of got me through, but even the testing and all the tea and memes that came out of this week in Bahrain were were just like giving me so much life. And then the DTS drop, which we'll obviously talk about in our special episode later this week. But um, what happened in testing? Who looked good? So I'll say testing in some ways broke my heart because I feel like we had all these livery reveals. Everyone's like, Red Bull, the car looks the same. Lo and behold, the car is the same but better. They completely slayed. And there were many a meme slash video of Max and Christian and even Checo looking very smug on the back of that. And since it's like they are the ones to beat by far. I mean, Max came in first on day one. He didn't even bother to come back on day three. So Checo got all of day three. Checo came in first that day. And I think they think the advantage could amount to anywhere between 0.3 and 0.5 seconds per lap in quality. Oh, my God. That's is- crazy. So we have same, same, but different in Red Bull. They are the team to beat, it sounds like. I can't believe Max just like BDE like didn't show up and get in the car. That's kind of fierce. Like, okay. All right. He's like, I have this wrapped up already and we haven't even started the season yet. You know, that, that kind of energy. Wow. Big driver energy. Okay. And then I'm happy for Checo, you know, like he deserves to be in a good car. Very, very interesting. Do we have a contender in Ferrari or anyone else this year? Tell me where, where do we go when we want to go Red Bull? So... Everything I could discern from testing was that we obviously have a new principal in Fred, Freddie, Frederick Vassar. Totally new blood, totally new energy. The pundits were saying like, oh, Red Bull, Red Bull, Red Bull. But Vassar's strategy was quite interesting because he, his strategy, again, it all comes down to strategy. Two things that were noteworthy. First, he was extremely secretive in the way that he ran his testing. So he did not race at the same time of day. So track temperatures came, it became a factor on the same tire compounds and with the same amounts of fuel as his competitors. So he never wanted people to be able to sort of have an accurate benchmark or like for like sort of run against Red Bull, Mercedes, et cetera, which is really, really interesting. It's either that he knows that he doesn't stand a chance against Red Bull or he wants to save it and has something really, really interesting that he's trying to sort of get people to be a little bit overconfident for. Going down the Reddit rabbit holes and reading all the blogs, it seems that people who have tried to make it like for like Ferrari versus Red Bull in testing shows that Ferrari is about that 0.3 second a lap behind the Red Bull. But again, it's an imperfect comparison and it's it's going to be like juicy to see where this shakes out. The other piece that was super interesting was I think Crofty asked Vassar, okay, so who's your number one driver? And he says, I don't have one. And Crofty, of course, says, well, how are you going to go after Max Verstappen and have a real fight if you don't have one good driver? Fair question, especially since all these really dominant teams throughout the history of F1 have tended to have a number one and a number two driver. 
To which, you know, Vassar doesn't miss a beat and says, I have two great drivers. So, yeah, I'm like, <laughs> as a Ferrari fan, I want you to react to this. Like, if you're Charles Leclerc and Carlos, I mean, what is happening here? Like, what is the psychology of Fred Vassar? Like, very curious. I want to believe that these are words because the season hasn't started and there's no stakes yet. Because that would be mind-blowing to me if we are back in the same situation as last year and we've thrown away one championship and we're just going to make the same mistakes. I would be beside myself. And I thought he was kind of a Leclerc guy, like under the yeah. table. I mean, they have that history, right? I feel like this is for show. I'm hoping. I'm really hoping. Mm -hmm. So the man we don't want to play poker against is Fred Vassar. Okay, so Ferrari, potential sneaky action. What about Mercedes? So bright side, a year later, and we have no porpoising. Oh <laughs> I know Great. we're all, yeah, we're tired of saying the word porpoising, so that's something. I think Hamilton's exact quote was that we still have a mountain to climb. So oh, I feel God. like, couldn't that have been out of like an interview from last year? Yeah, I, uh, I'm not sure that's the most positive thing. And then I also saw some headline that like, Georgie Russ's car broke down. So they lost half of the second day and had an emergency midnight meeting. So interesting. So we have no porpoising. We have potential reliability issues. What about the speed? So on the bright side, it looked like Hamilton was coming in 0.3 seconds off of Checo on day three and finished second on the day. but. It's a little bit not like for like. And this is the hard thing about all of testing is they're not all using the same tire compounds. They're not all running on the same amount of fuel. And often they'll like run at slightly different times or whatnot. So you don't have exact comps to your point about Ferrari playing games with all of that. And so I think the point three was maybe actually not on equal footing. And people think it's actually more like 0.5 to 0.6 seconds off, which would be kind of where Ooh. they were last year. Like again, in a league of their own, that's like, at 1.5. Exactly. Exactly. And I don't know how I, I like I feel like all of our predictions and hopes were that they were going to come back a blazing. And Toto was still trying to, like, give us little hints of that. But I, I'm, I'm pretty worried. It's just 2022 all over again. So interesting. It makes me think of like the earlier seasons of Drive to Survive where uh, Christian is just shading Toto left, right and center and saying he inherited this thing that was working so well that he's never been tested. So. I'm like, is Christian Horner the smartest person in Formula One? I mean, that's so painful, but true. <laughs> I, I, like, I'm starting to think that. Daddy Christian instead of Daddy Toto. Anyway, we'll break down all of that stuff in the Drive to Survive episode. Toto had it rough last year, so. Toto losing daddy energy right now. <laughs> yeah, like losing chief daddy officer to Christian and like, sorry, I don't know what to do because you know how I just like love Lewis. Like I can't. And now Mick is there. Like Mercedes is my team now, basically default. Ugh. Anyway. Okay. So F1.5 solidly Mercedes. Who's the best of the rest? The story of potentially the whole season is that of Aston Ooh. Martin. Okay. Ooh. Like big, 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 I love. will say. Love. Which, which also you kind of called because you said never bet against Alonzo. And Lo and behold, they look like they have the best of the rest car. Could be coming up against Mercedes, really, actually. Wow. Not even best of the rest. 
And yeah, just like incredible form. I mean, in many ways, this just goes to show if you spend enough money, you can build a great car. I kind of think is the takeaway. <laughs> but yeah, they looked incredible. Everyone thinks they're basically fourth in qualifying rankings, fifth in race pace. Interestingly, only Alonzo was driving because Stroll apparently broke his wrists in a biking accident right My before God. the season. You know, he's okay. As much as I like love to throw shade at Lance Stroll, I'm like very sad to hear that. And Lance from mode push if you're listening get better soon yeah. <laughs> I, i'll let you ha- take that <laughs> take that one down <laughs> but we are going to probably see felipe drugovich in the seat which will be interesting f2 champion of last year oh i love that another rookie that's super interesting oh that's true actually right. maybe the fourth on the grid maybe i'll have like have a you seen, moment. i mean i Honestly, like looking at his results from testing, he's faring better than pressurized piastri, which we can get to in a minute. But before we leave Aston, which I agree with you, I think it's so fascinating. Uh, And you're right about them being the big storyline, which is not surprising. We have to, again, give Vettel so much props. I feel like Vettel was having a banger of a second half of the season last year. Like there were races when he was like the lead at the end of last season. So it's not surprising to me that they figured it out and had the momentum. And then you have literally the world's most competitive driver in Fernando Alonso, who will like sell his grandmother for $10 million. So like, I I get it. Have you seen these this uh, this Fernando Alonso, Nikki Lauda comparison meme that's been going around the internet? Break it down. Okay. It's this side by side of Lauda v. Alonso. And it's actually fascinating. Okay. Lauda retires in 1979 as a two-time world champion. Alonso retires in 2018 as a two-time world champion. Lauda returns in 1982 after two years out. Alonso returns in 21 after two years out. Lauda, third year of his return, wins championship. Okay, interesting. Wins championship with an English team, a German engine. All right, we are in Alonso's third year of his return. He is now driving for an English team in Aston Martin that has a German engine in Mercedes. So you have all of the like deep, dark conspiracy theorists saying, is Fernando Alonso going to be the world champion this year? Yes. Oh, my God. I wonder what kind of odds we could get on betting that for the sin right now. <laughs> pretty, really pretty good. I, uh, I was like kind of mind blown by that. I was like, whoa. Anyway, sorry. Side note. Okay. So we have... So we that have our like best though. season ever. I'm just, I'm just oh going to say. I'm <laughs> like the juiciest season ever. And can you imagine Alonzo in the press room and walking into, oh my God, he already has so much like swaggy around him. It would just be like next level, next level. Alonzo taking on Max and the two of them just throwing shade. It would be a dream, sorry. Can continue no. on, but oh my god, can you imagine the finger wagging? Oh, cool. That could be like the icon of the season. <laughs> so we have our top teams, F1, F1.5, best of the rest. Any other storylines? Like where'd everyone else fall? My sense is Alpine looks good, but was very under the radar. You know, sneaky Otmar is this boy. Demure, demure Otmar ironing his shirt and drinking his fancy coffees and speaking in French. I die. I think Alpine looks probably like it's right there. And then Alfa Romeo looked really good. I don't know if you saw, but Joe came in second day two. And Valtteri was up there in day three. He was like third. Maybe like last season. 
I'm not going to bet on them for the whole season yet, but I will say they look very good at the start and they probably will have great qualities and they have big upgrades still coming for the first race and more in early season. So, and Alpine does also actually, they both have upgrades. So there's a little bit of mystery around both those teams. I'm also like so here for both those driver pairings. Like I think they're both on such solid footings and Joe and Valtteri are a match made in heaven in terms of like rookie and racy veteran, plus like their fashion and whatever is going to be so amazing. And then I'm here for the all French team, but I'm also very scared slash excited for if we're going to see on and Gasly like do battle or not. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. I think we've got like that pairing. We've got the Haas pairing. We've got a lot of like simmering drama and tension and then i love it i love it okay all right so we have alpine we have alpha how did haas look speaking of haas and williams both looked good they both looked like they'd made a step forward but it was a little bit unclear you know where they'll fall i think when you're like dropping into this seven to ten range if you will the the lower midfield and back of field it's a little tight right now, and it's clear where they're going to fall. Do you know who we haven't even talked about yet as I talk about the back of the field? McLaren. Oh, my God. So dark that we even, like, forgot about them toward the back of the field. They looked like garbage from testing. They looked horrible. I mean, I read somewhere that at one point Lando punched the wall. And, like, Lando, what? Punched the Lando. wall? Yeah. I mean, I would love and, to just ooh. see Daniel's face. Listen to that. Oh, my God. Well, he's been posting Instagrams of him riding his motorbike and listening to music and living his best life. And I'm just like, you go, Danny Rick. There's this other amazing meme that's like Daniel Ricardo somewhere in the world realizing he got paid $15 million to watch McLaren burn to the ground. There was another one. Oh, my God. This one was even shadier. That was like Daniel Ricardo. Knowing that you're getting paid $15 million to watch McLaren fail, but that you've delivered their only win in the last decade and it's tattooed on Zach's forearm. Oh, my, oh God. my God. He's the winner. He's the winner. And then I read that Lando has outs in his contract for McLaren not performing. Oh, I, like at any time, like any season. Yeah, allegedly. Ooh. I mean, I who knows? These things are like crazy, but... That's what I read. And I read that Red Bull was actually angling for Lando. And I'm like, Red Bull, why do they need another driver? But and then, oh, and then what did Piastri do? Oh, my God. Piastri. Pressurized Piastri. Let's make that stick. He was like the only spin of the weekend, I think. He looked truly out of sorts. I think they do not know how to get new drivers up to speed on their crazy cars. Highest paid rookie of all time. Sadly, not much going in his pocket, but effectively, yes. Wow. Okay. So who have we not talked about? So, I mean, I guess the only person we haven't talked about is Alpha Tauri. And I think that was kind of the story. They're, I had the most runs, actually. They did the most mileage. But I, it was very non-notable. Uh, but we have that. It's Yuki's team now, you know. So we have a lot, I think, to look forward to. You know what I saw that I found more interesting than their result? There's a rumor that they might sell, be sold. Oh. No one knows, but apparently there's like an Indian billionaire that's interested in getting on the grid. There's obviously Andretti that wants a place on the grid. There's Audi that wants on the grid. And with the passing of Didi last year, the Red Bull founder, there has been real talks of like monetizing and moving on from the team. 
which would actually make a lot of things make sense in terms of like needing a third driver or in trying to source a driver like Lando instead of having their feeder program. We've always scratched our heads about why energy drink controls like four out of 20 or a fifth of the grid. And then, you know, I just love Nick DeVries. So I was happy to see him. I think he came in fourth one day in testing, which was nice, but then last the next day. So, you know, maybe it's not nice. I don't know. I would love to see them get sold. I would love to just have less of the field as a junior version of the rest of the field so we could have a lot more teams actually vying for the front because they're always like in service of Red Bull right now, you know? It actually makes me appreciate Gasly's win so much more. The fact that he won in that car when he, that car is not designed to win, which then to, to the whole essence of the sport, to like the Senna-isms, which why are you even here? You know, right. if you're not ever going to go for the gap, why are you even here? So I agree. I would love to see them get sold. I would love to see them get sold to Andretti or Audi, get another constructor on the grid. That would be fantastic. And I'm not going to lie, I did not really pay attention to how they did over the weekend. Not notable. It feels like they took basically a step backwards and hopefully Williams or a Haas will take their place. And then McLaren really could be like this huge fall from grace. I mean, they're talking about upgrades. They're going to bring in Baku, you know, two months plus away. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. Okay, Zach. Like, what are you doing? At what point does it all become Zach's fault? Like, that's what I'm waiting for. (laughs) Well, you haven't watched all of Drive to Survive yet, so I'm not going to tell you my ultimate final episode thoughts on Zach until we talk about that on our next episode. But Let's just say that I think Zach is more of a marketer than an engineer. He might be like the mirror image of Bonotto, if that makes sense. Be a really good principal. You need to understand and speak both languages, which is why I think Christian is, again, to me, he's like, I know, I'm like, I'm a Christian fan. Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I know. Like, he's basically like the narrator of Drive to Survive, and he's right every time, and you're like, what? This man is genius because he speaks both languages. And weirdly, too, with like Gunther, he obviously has more of an engineering background, but because he has to be so scrappy, I think been forced to evolve into a commercial person. So he speaks both languages. I'm very curious to watch what happens to Zach Brown in this next season because they, yeah, the highest paid rookie in the history of the sport. Okay, so if we had to put it all together then, Our lineup or our order coming out of testing would be Red Bull 1, Ferrari, Merck 3. Merck 3, but with a close battle with Aston and specifically Alonso. Okay. Then we have, safe to say, Alpine. They could be a league of their own, honestly. And then do we put Haas? I think you put Alpha there initially and then you wait and see how much people actually invest in upgrades. I think you put... Alpha, and then some mix of Haas, McLaren, Williams. Wow. That McLaren is now in with, with Haas and Williams is insane. Okay. And then that leaves Alpatari. Exactly. Poor Nick Breeze. Oh, f- I mean, you never know because I think, well, conversely, Williams was so bad last year that their improvement might be relative. And they um, have untested Florida. The Floridian. I mean, as much as Albon, we love, we have no idea what Logan Sargent's going to be up to. And I frankly, even though I'm American, 
I don't know if I can root for someone that's like roped into Trump's inner circle with financial fraud, bullshit, heaviness. I know that's a lot. I know F1 is trying not to be political, but we are ready to bring it here. It's a lot. Like, whoa, whoa. Uh, no, I mean, I'm happy there's an American driver on the grid, but but he's unproven. Although he did better than pressurized Piastri, so. That kid. I would not want to be that kid. Right? Poor kid. And he's texting oh. Daniel like, what the, what's happening? So again, you have not gotten through Drive to Survive, but they like close out on him and they're like, do you have any regrets? And he's like, no. Wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so we are we are pretty much unchanged at the top of the field. Story of the season seems like it could be Aston and Alonzo. McLaren's fall from grace. Maybe we'll get like a Haas podium. That would be pretty sexy. Maybe we'll have some French battles on the field. Yes. I think Holy that's on. honestly, we're looking at Drive to Survive season six. Are we writing the skirt? Oh, I love it. <laughs> and Christian is just in the back like, orchestrating it all. <laughs> so impressed. I'm like, wow, I appreciate this man. He's he's so short, too. Or Bonotto is very tall. Anyway, we are two days away from race weekend starting. We are going to do our Drive to Survive recap special episode coming up. Should be very spicy. And then Bahrain, here we come. Oh, my God. I think there will be some surprises. I think from within what we've seen, either upgrades or people holding back, there will be some surprises. I mean, now I'm like, Fred Vassar, is he pulling a fast one on the whole field? Like, what is he doing? Is he the ultimate strategist? Please tell me yes, and that he's not actually just Benoto (laughs) 2.0. Right. This was fun. Check us out on social. Hit us up with feedback, any topics you want to hear. We got a request for a bonus episode on Georgie Russ. And you know what? It was top of mind for us as well. So we are excited to record. (laughs) Again, I didn't realize he's only 24. Doesn't he seem like he's 40? Yeah. I know. I know. He's like stepped into Vettel's shoes. I don't know how he does. I don't know. All right. Well, this was super fun. And race day coming soon. Give us a like, follow, feedback, whatever. And yeah. How do you say goodbye? Push.